2: and shine football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Glad to have you with us on this beautiful Wednesday morning. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor. We have Darian Jenkins at the desk once again. Alexis Guerreros, Ally Trost Martin here for some headlines. Guys, I want you to know that I came in here today. I sat down in the makeup chair, and I was like, God, oh, feeling good. It's Thursday. And after about 20 <laughs> minutes, I was like, it's Wednesday, guys, and we're so thrilled to be here, and we're thrilled to have you now with stay us. Stay
0: tuned for tomorrow, because it will be Thursday. Tomorrow
2: <laughs> will be Thursday. <laughs> all Who's signs point it
0: being Thursday.
2: Oh, God, we'll see. Um, I like it right. If you
0: would have put a bet on what day it is, you also would have lost that bet. That's hilarious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also true. Oh, <laughs> boy. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Um, let's at some U.S. women's national team. They had the second of two friendlies last night against China in Frisco, Texas. Let's see how it all went down. Uh, The U.S. were the 2-1 winners in this one, but they actually went down 1-0 at the half. Uh, But here we go. Sam Coffey, let's go.
0: Can't clear the ball, get a second chance at it. Boom.
3: Yeah, first touch, a little curler. Her first U.S. women's national team goal. We've been gassing her up on attacking third. Love year, to see it and so glad she finally got a goal and a start. Speaking of gassing up, Darian, you have
2: been speaking about Jaden Shaw.
3: Oh, yeah, I've been fangirling over Jaden Shaw. So her second goal with the national team, also and in her hometown, Frisco, oh. Texas. Blocks
0: away. Yeah. She grew up from this Gets stadium. this
3: beautiful little half volley and gives the U.S. Women's national team the win.
0: That's got to feel good to be able to do that, you know, uh, pretty early in your career, in your mm-hmm. hometown. That's got to be awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but I'd love to see it w- with slightly better competition.
3: That's all. I, 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 I
4: think for this level of competition, the U.S. didn't impress.
3: I mean, yeah, not this game. I think the problem was the first half. I don't think there was any chemistry in the mm. lineup. I don't know if you guys had a similar reaction watching to it, but I thought from midfield to the front line, there was everyone was kind of on Different islands had different ideas tactically. I don't think everyone was as confident as in the first game with the attacking setup. So I think that was a big part of it. They no one they weren't putting away the chances that they created as well. They
0: also made a bunch of subs. Sophia Smith, mm-hmm. Midge Purse, Trinity Robin and Corbin Albert, Alyssa Thompson. And it was a, felt like a bit more of a unified uh, squad at that yeah. point. Zero shots on goal from China after that. Complete domination in the second it, half. It,
4: mm-hmm. it breathed a little bit more life in the U.S. Midge Purse playing let's call it right-back, but yeah. in reality, China was so poor that she didn't have to stay at right-back. She was almost yeah, like a right-winger. Right. Um, yeah, she was tested
3: defensively
4: at And, and Jaden Shaw, Jaden Shaw was fantastic. For her age, she carries herself with this sort of maturity at the way that she wants to gravitate on attack. She's the one that's looking to receive. mm mm-hmm. She's not shy and she looks, she's always proactive in, in the way she plays. She knows how to play in between lines. She knows how to play on attack. And for such a young age, it was impressive, um, especially in a game that the US really wasn't giving anything. It was Honestly, I think it was a poor showing from, from the US. Mm. Uh, China, let's, let's, let's be clear. China are horrible. Yeah. China are, are they were really, really poor. And I don't think this the U.S. played to the standard that Emma Hayes would like them to play. There were moments that when China finally ventured forward and gave the United States space, the United States decided not to transition. Mm -hmm. It happened several times. And it wasn't just a once. It was one, two or three times where the ball was all the way back. And they decided, all right, we're not going to go back and hit him with speed. Just pass back. And it was slow. And it was not dynamic. So... I, I I wonder what Emma Hayes thought of that performance before the subs that changed a little bit what the dynamic was like.
3: Now, I don't disagree with you. And also with China's goal, horrible marking, free header back square in the box and then a free tap in. That's very unlike the U.S. Women's National Team defensively. I thought, yeah, that was a big mark of, OK, there's. Something going on where I don't know if it's kind of... The keeper's not even, yeah. even
0: near. I don't think they're in the camera angle anymore.
3: Yeah, look at how wide open. Mm-hmm. That's like, very uncharacteristic of this team. And I wonder if there's just, you know, this new tactical plan that Emma Hayes is instilling and Twilight Kilgore and maybe it's like a little bit overwhelming for this new squad that's come in that hasn't gotten that much playing time together and it just... You know when you're a little overwhelmed, overstimulated by so many things, so many moving parts, and it, you forget to do the fundamentals right, which gave China a free goal.
0: That mm-hmm. happened to me when I went to a mall. <laughs> Honestly, I was just like, no overwhelmed. One Everyone over the age of eight wasn't happy. It was there was people on pandas wheeling by. I was like, this is too much. Wow. I got to get out of here. I'd rather be in Times Square. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I that I hate about international football is that period between we've hired someone, but they're not coming until uh, X. Yeah. Mm. And that waiting period where you're like, you should be trying to impress if you're one of these, if you're some of these players that, especially if you're on the fringe or if you're new in the squad. I think Jaden Shaw certainly did that. But you should be trying to impress. And it felt like at moments it was a bit of a waiting game. I think, especially in the first half, it felt like the U.S. were like, we don't have to try so hard Mm -hmm. here, Mm -hmm. whether it's because of the manager or the the head coach, or maybe it's because the competition wasn't at the level that they're usually expected to play against um, or could compete against heavily. There was this period of like kind of a dull, all all of our heads aren't in the game. And it's just frustrating to watch that as a fan. Yeah. Because you're like, come on, give the people of Frisco something. Yeah,
3: especially when they had a lot of opportunities to Mm -hmm. actually put the ball in the back of the net and nothing was capitalized on.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, This team functions to the rhythm of Jaden Shaw and Lindsey Horan.
3: I totally agree.
4: Lindsey Horan, I don't know why. You tell me. But I feel like she's not put up there as one of the best players on this team like in the last couple of years. You
3: think it's because of all of the big dogs that have kind of been ahead of her? And and sh- for me... And she's never gotten the credibility.
4: She's the best player on this team.
3: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think she sets the tempo for all the success. She's constantly on the ball. She slows things down, she speeds things up. But you're right, she really hasn't. But she's been captaining and I think it's very well deserved. And I think that I love the chemistry between her and Jaden Shaw as well. Mm-hmm. I think they're two players that technically, tactically, are very much on the same page, and I think she's probably taking Jane Shaw under her wing a bit Mm. and developing in that way. So after these two friendlies for you, Darian, if you had a a sort
2: of meter, where are you at in terms of positivity with the U.S. Women's National Team? Are we... Uh, I feel feel pretty positive (laughs) about it. So, like, in this area? Yeah. If like yeah, a little bit more to your right. What's, a little bit more. What's this? What's over
4: here? Bad and that's? This is good. This okay. is I Wow, kinda, you I'll, actually I'll, go, I'll, I was going
0: to say. Like, you should say you're really excited to see if she can actually get all the way there. It <laughs> comes all the way down. <laughs> Crap.
2: <laughs> I made my own graphic. I'm yeah. winning 40 today. <laughs> go to the wall.
0: Well, it's just Can we actually get a graphic of Suze? Suze's arm Like a sundial. A human sundial. Yeah, where are we on the Suze scale? Very excited. I don't know
2: what's wrong with me. <laughs>
0: I'm wondering. I'm wondering what a box midfield would, if it could work, of like Lindsay Horan, Jaden Shaw, Rose, Rose Lavelle, and who else? Who else would be? Sonnet. In the, wow, that could be fun. Yeah, that could be real fun.
3: I like
2: that. And then I who like do you it. start
0: up top? Trinity, and Sophia Smith.
3: Sophia Only Smith and Trinity.
4: Mm-hmm. Sophia Smith and Trinity. Yeah. Sense. I like Ooh.
2: it. I think we're onto something.
0: I mean, Emma. Emma. Call us, call us Emma. Thank God, Emma. We got <laughs> you. Emma. <laughs> Did you see what the Zerby said this about me, Emma? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw. <laughs> Give me a shout, will you?
2: <laughs> well, that was fun. All right, uh, let's transition over to some midweek Premier League action. Uh, here's a look at yesterday's results and the fixtures that we have on top for today. Wolves get the one-nil win over Burnley, and oh my goodness, this Luton Town Arsenal match was wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Alexis. Mm. Okay. How much are you in love with Declan Rice?
0: I I said this on At Twitter. This point. I am a Latino and I did not think I could love rice anymore. Oh that would make uh, me laugh. That was uh, a laugh good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, what an absolute first of all, the pass from Martin Odegaard mm-hmm. who was being oh. frustrated all match, uh, getting opportunities when he found it. Um, absolutely, if you're Declan Rice, this is the second time. He's had a uh, a match winner, uh, obviously at Manchester United, um, or in the Manchester United match. Absolutely incredible. Most goals in 90 minutes in the 90th minute or later. The season. Look, Arsenal are finding a different way this season mm-hmm. to win these matches. Last season, we saw them, the blitzkrieg, right? They were winning. They were scoring really early. They were being flashy. Mm-hmm. They were going after you. But there was that toughness, that metal they didn't have, which is crazy because, granted, Shaka was in the squad. And that guy's nothing but grit, you know, grit and, and, and sort of that toughness. But now they're finding ways as a unit to not lose games. And that was something I couldn't have said about the squad throughout the entire season last season because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. sort of lost it, which still... For me, as an Arsenal supporter, very openly an Arsenal supporter, I will say towards the second half of the season, I want to see this continue. I want to see them not slide into... That little bit of uh, self doubt that has crept in the last two seasons towards the end of the towards the end of the, um, the campaign.
2: Mm-hmm. This felt like one of those matches. Had they dropped points oh. against Luton Town, you look back at the end of the season and you go, what a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. But this was an Arsenal team that that found a way, and there are difference makers on the squad like Declan Rice who can find a stoppage time winner in the ninety seventh minute. Um, so that has to give you. Yeah. A, a, a decent amount of confidence that they're I, if you can win these games, I felt the same way um, over the weekend with with Liverpool finding that win against Fulham. Um, I think it was the same scoreline 4 three. You're just you have to win those games. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have to win those games. If you are going to be a champion, you have to win those games. And it feels like Arsenal is is built for that. Yeah. It's- and
0: I want to give a shout out to Kai Havertz, who, you know, went through a really bit of a rough patch. You know, as far as the, you know, the uh, court of public opinion went mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the season, obviously mm-hmm. with the season he had last year with Chelsea, wasn't great. And to start to see that confidence start to slide back, I love the fact that, you know, Gabriel Jesus sort of dancing a little bit with the ball, got two defenders on him, still clips it over to a Kai Havertz, who maybe a couple of weeks ago he wouldn't have had that confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe would have been like, ah, Kai might not score this. Kai scores, immediately picks up the ball and says, like, let's go, let's get back. That is that unit, that squad. I'm a little worried about the goalkeeper position. Mm, if we're going to be completely honest, I'm, I'm,
4: I don't think I, it, these types of erratic games, Arteta doesn't want that. Of course, you though. don't want to be in a back and forth in a, in a basketball game yeah. with with Luton Town. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there will be moments. You, you can't be perfect the entire season. You can't control every single game for the entire season. But there were just glimpses and moments and especially individual mistakes in the goalkeeping that let this game just become, just blow wildly open like like it did. And let's see what Arteta's next step. I think he's still gonna back Raya, regardless of of the two
2: critical mistakes. As a neutral, it was really fun to watch. It was, I yeah. enjoyed it. Very entertaining.
0: I'm glad you did, because I was just I'm hugging sure a it. couch cushion the entire time.
2: <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> of you. <laughs>
0: well,
2: as it is, Arsenal remain on top of the table at 36 points. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Before we go, though, we have a new addition to our morning footy Aww. family. Our editor, Harold, and his fiance Mandy. Last night welcomed little baby Leanne Jimenez, six pounds, eight ounces, and she is an absolute Beauty. Look at that little nugget. Oh, welcome to the world, Leanne. We love you so much. Um, All right, guys, we're going to take a quick time out. Allie Trost Martin is going to be back with some headlines on the other side. Stay with us, everyone.
0: Streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, yeah, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley one the Rated PG13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.
2: Welcome back to Morning Footy. Oh, we love oh. that Content here. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so this is in Japan. And the
0: The Armbar.
2: What is happening? <laughs> This is a Japanese mascot named Shetan. Chitan.
1: Wow.
0: Remember Shasta- Happy Tree Friends? Oh. She actually, this what? mascot what? just kicked the shaitan out of the other one. <laughs> 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 Well done, well done. <laughs> That was good. Send, send your uh, complaints to nico.cantor at gmail.com. <laughs> I hope that's not your real email. That. It's not. It's they not. Think,
2: <laughs> yeah. It was close. <laughs> Man, that was some some violence. That was, that was crazy. mascot, un- mascot <laughs> violence right there. Don't involve me in that.
0: You'd love to see it. <laughs> right. Imagine a neck bounce on that poor right. lizard on the ground.
2: <laughs> Keep me out
0: of <laughs> <this>. <laughs> All the humanity.
2: <laughs> All right. Let's uh, send it on over to Allie, who's got some headlines for us this morning. Good morning, yeah, Allie. Good morning, Suze. Happy Allie, Thursday, thank you for Wednesday. taking uh, a
0: break from your preschool that you're teaching. Oh. <laughs>
1: It is very much. Todd was just saying this isn't very much Miss Frizzle vibes. (laughs) I Uh, love it.
0: It's dope. I'm like the cool art teacher. Yeah, you really are. (laughs) You
3: are. Art
1: teacher. Uh, a, a good departure from selling perfume at the local department right. store. Monday, so. Tuesday, Wednesday, he's come we out. I gotta
0: keep it going. You, you, you
1: need some fire. No, know, I, know. I need Alexis to just pick out my outfits for the rest of the week. So that would be a new challenge.
2: Do you know what this shows, though, Allie? It's your range because you can be, you know, the the Jersey realtor. You right. can be the cool art teacher. You can be
0: the, the Carmela Soprano. I sister. like to say
1: my style is very eclectic. <laughs> Exactly. So. You've
0: got a lot of range. A lot of
1: Versatility. range. Versatility. A lot of range. Sounds like my Spotify wrapped, by the hey, way. Hey, All right. Go. Well, let's get into the headlines uh, finally. Uh, we start with some major injury news coming out of Spain, where Barcelona goalkeeper Marc-Andre Terstegen is set to undergo surgery on the back injury that has kept him off the pitch since November 12th. He is reportedly now likely to be sidelined for two months. The 31-year-old has been with Barcelona since 2015, helping the club win four La Liga titles and a Champions League title. Ter featured in 17 matches in all competitions this season before the injury. From a current Barcelona player to a former Barcelona legend, Lionel Messi took America by storm this summer with his arrival in Major League Soccer, and he has been recognized for his impact by being named Time's 2023 Athlete of the Year. Messi led Inter-Miami to a Leagues Cup title and a U.S. Open Cup final in his first season in MLS. He won his eighth career Ballon d'Or in October after leading Argentina to the World Cup title last year. In other MLS news, Frank Klopas has been named head coach of the Chicago Fire, earning the position on a permanent basis after serving as the Fire's interim head coach for the final 24 matches of this past MLS season. This will be Klopas's second stint as Fire head coach after leading the team from 2011 to 2013. Klopas isn't the only interim MLS head coach being kept on heading into 2024. Sean McCauley is staying on as Minnesota United interim head coach going into the new year. He and the Loon's coaching staff are being kept in place while Minnesota awaits the arrival of new sporting director Khaled al who officially starts his new role in January when he will formally begin the search for a new head coach. In women's soccer news, World Cup finalists England failed in their bid to qualify Great Britain for the women's Olympic soccer tournament. Their 6-0 win over Scotland yesterday fell just short of securing an Olympic berth after the Netherlands posted a 4-0 win over Belgium to give them a one-goal edge in goal difference. England joins World Cup semi-finalist Sweden among the women's powerhouses who will not take part in the Paris Olympics, with France, Germany, the Netherlands, and World Cup champion Spain representing Europe. In other women's soccer news, last night marked the end of an era as legendary striker Christine Sinclair played her final international match for Canada in their 1-0 friendly win against Australia. Sinclair ends her 24-year international career with 331 caps and an international record of 190 goals. The 40-year-old is set to continue her club career with the Portland Thorns and play for them in 2024. I mean, Darian, the numbers speak for themselves, but how do you measure the impact of a player like Christine Sinclair, who's hanging them up internationally, which feels so strange, honestly?
3: Yeah, I don't even think you can measure it because I know her impact is not done. She has paved the way for so many of us to see ourselves as professional athletes, professional soccer players, and has created so much space for the league to thrive and international players to thrive, especially for Canada as well. Um, but it's not the end of her uh, her impact. I think I'm happy she's staying with Portland for another season. She's gonna be there for 2024, but um, yeah, we're going to be celebrating her for a really, really long time. And she's going to keep investing into the game, which is just a testament to the legend that she really is.
2: Darren, when you look at the longevity of her career, how, how do you get to that age, so 40 years old, and you are still able to compete at the highest level? You know, what if, when you look at her career, what has she done right to maintain that level of performance for so long?
3: I don't even know. I retired at 27 just in January. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know how you do it till 40. Um, no, she, I mean, sh- that just shows how professional she is to have that sort of longevity and stay healthy and consistent and continue to be at that top level, because um, a lot of players kind of get just phased out by the game, not mm-hmm. be, not able to keep up with physicality or, I don't know, younger players coming in and the game adapting. But she has been able, this is what makes her so good, is that she's been able to adapt and stay at the top of the game and be such a leader mentally, Mm -hmm. physically, tactically, technically on the pitch. And that's what makes her the legend that she is and why so many people follow her career.
4: Especially her position, right? Because usually you want more explosive, dynamic players. And as you get older, it's difficult to maintain that explosive Mm -hmm. dynamism. Usually center backs, goalkeepers, you
3: see older players,
4: right? But to be scoring at her age, 190 international goals is a record in all over the world, mm-hmm. regardless of sex, right? Yeah. Got some trivia for you guys. Oh. I oh, think you guys oh. will get it fairly quickly. The three people who have scored in
0: five different World Cups. Marta. Marta. Christine Sinclair. Uh, Lionel Messi? Mm-mm. Maradona? Mm-mm. It's an Argentinian. Mm-mm. No? No. Pelé?
4: No, you were closer when you said Messi. Cristiano Ronaldo. Ah. Oh. Wow. Elite company. She, it was that's, Marta yeah, first, incredible. then Christine Sinclair, and then Ronaldo. Wow. No,
3: but that's a good point because what I've loved watching her and like I'm was an, an opposite player. I was always like explosive, one v one. Like that was how I played. But going and playing against her, you don't notice how she's just kind of drifts into the perfect mm-hmm. pockets. She doesn't overwork. She's never overrunning. But she's so tactically smart and savvy on the ball. She doesn't have to be flashy and do all of this crazy stuff. She is just technically so sound with the fundamentals. And I think you see players like Jess Fleming who are coming up that have kind of modeled their games after her who play very similar. Maybe she's a little bit more explosive, but Jess is also super young. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, her impact is going to last well beyond just what she's done thus far. It's going to go I think, so much further, especially with Canada. It's it's incredible. The
2: the way that you spoke about her adaptability, it made me think, and I know this is a, a massive comparison, but like a Michael Jordan who was able yeah. to completely change his game when he first came on the scene. He was. He was that explosive player. He was driving to the basket all the time. And then he realized that as he got older, he had to adapt. And so he worked on his jump shot, and that became his, his weapon. And that ability to just kind of change throughout, like, it, I think it's just, it's such a testament to the the dedication the type of player that she is and it is really it's it's hard to think about her not competing for Mm -hmm. for Canada but um future's bright for her um there's so many so many young players that have looked up to her and we wish her all the best thank you Christine Sinclair all right legend. we're going to take a break we are going to look ahead to today's Premier League action when we return stick around everyone we will be right back You're chatting midweek Premier League action. Here's a look at yesterday's results as well as the games that we have on tap for today. Uh, we've got Crystal Palace taking on Bournemouth Fuller, taking on Nottingham at 2.30 on USA. Sheffield United versus Liverpool um, and Aston Villa taking on Manchester mm. City. That one's interesting I feel well.
4: like sneakily that's the better game. It
2: might be. It might be, but it's not the one we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to talk Manchester United hosting Chelsea at Old Trafford. At 3:15 p.m. on Peacock. Okay, so let's chat about these two teams because um, I feel like these are these are two clubs that, on paper, you look at these rosters and you think these are stacked teams. There is a ton of talent, but the results might not show that. At least so far this season. So uh, instead of a, a traditional preview of this game, we are we're basically going to look positionally. At both of these teams and sort of size up go up against each other who we think has the stronger side and pick um, I believe one player we've we've gone through many iterations of how we were going to do this and I think we've settled on we're going to pick one player each, at each position and kind of say who who has the advantage there
0: yeah this feels yeah. like we're produce shopping at the dollar store It does, store though, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> but it felt like a great way Low yeah
0: it's a
2: great way to preview this game okay we're,
0: we're just trying to find the best out of the bunch
2: it's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. Oh, no, also, it's going to create some great banter. Yeah, and that's what we're so. here for on Morning Footy. All right, let's start. Should we start with the goalkeepers? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. So that's fun. <laughs> right? There's going to be a lot of... <gasps> Nico! I He's not wrong. I, I think
4: there's going to be unanimous agreement here. Because it's... Uh, we're, we're looking at Ronaldo for Manchester United. Yeah. Not as a whole. It's got to be Robert Sanchez.
2: Okay. Okay. Is that, is that based solely on, I, I mean, it's been a rough season for I think we need,
4: to, we need to see if we're going to judge O'Nana just on Manchester United, we've got to judge we Robert judge Sanchez, Sanchez only on Chelsea and not Brighton. Okay. I think if I were to choose a player for my team, I'm more confident this moment. Okay. Ro- Robert Sanchez.
0: I'm going to go with Robert Sanchez as well. But, and I know we're just going with based on the, his time at United. Mm-hmm. Onana also is a Champions League final. Semi final. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, final, you're final, right. Yeah. You're right. I think that it You're right. Uh, my own eyes. Um, <laughs> you know, he's. We, we may have to start to grade <laughs> some of these United players on a curb for the fact that they're on this United squad. And maybe they would play Varane, I think, is a good example of someone who we may yeah. bring up who may not, isn't getting on the squad right now, but we may have to sort of. Air lift him out of this crisis situation, mm-hmm. at least in our minds, and think of what type of player he has been in the past.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I went with Onama. Wow, okay. Okay. I did. Adrian, I let's did go. Well, yeah, I was thinking whole scope. I think it's difficult to judge all of these players this season on these teams. I don't know if anyone's going to have more of a domineering performance that we can grade. That's not going to be kind of harsh. So I think looking at the player as a whole and the success that they've had, I would pick Onana. Onana's better. I think numbers. he show, yeah, he shows out in big moments. I mean he makes mistakes in big moments too, but uh, that's why I would put him on my team. Mm-hmm. I think he's just in a rut and who wouldn't be if you're on United right now, to <sighs> be fair. <laughs> it's true.
2: It's a rough position though to be Yeah.
3: You can't make experiencing any mistakes. That type of slump. Yes. Because you can't make any mistakes. It's crucial.
2: It, it's so hard. And I feel like we talked about this last week about the just what a toll that takes when the keeper is in a, a bad head spot and what it does to the rest of the team and how it's just kind of it it mm-hmm. it
3: trickles yeah, throughout. That,
4: that shows the greatness of a goalkeeper.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You,
4: you can you can make mistakes. So football's not you can't be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And when you concede. You got to have the mental fortitude to say, reset, wash, and we start again. The best goalkeepers have made the worst mistakes, the best goalkeepers in history. And they're able to go beyond, to get over the hurdle quickly. And that shows the greatness of a goalkeeper. But somebody who is in a mental hole Mm -hmm. and, and you can't get out of it, it shows, obviously not only where they're at, but the context that they're surrounded by. that they, mm-hmm. they don't have the tools nor the support system to get out mm-hmm. of that moment.
2: It's, uh, it's that Ted Lasso. You just channeled Ted Lasso there. What does he say? Be a goldfish?
4: Okay. You have to forget. You have
2: that's, to forget. Short memories. Short memories.
4: I swear to God. Like that like three uh, seconds. One of the first rules in goalkeeping that they say, hey, you're going to get scored on. Mm-hmm. There's, you're going to get scored on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get scored on,
0: it's over. Yeah.
4: Done. Next.
0: Nico's so good at it, short memory thing, he forgot <laughs> the Ted Lasso I, I was looking at there, he was like, wow, man, I'm really good at this. I forget I'm a goalkeeper. Uh, I will say, if you look at their save percentages, Onana is at 76, Sanchez is at 66. Yes. So mm. stats-wise, would, it would push to Onana mm-hmm. if you really look at the stats. I know. That said, confidence level, if you're a center back and you turn around and you see Onana right now versus Sanchez, you might That's have a, a big question confidence though. with Sanchez yeah. maybe because, you know, especially Onana has those moments. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I'm, I, th- I feel like I, I'm leaning more towards where, where Darian's at here because I do okay. think about uh, just what he was able to do last year yeah. um, at Inter yeah. and the performances that he had throughout Champions League. And I, I feel like this, I don't think that this season is necessarily indicative of, of who he is
3: exactly. as yeah, a goalkeeper.
4: Same, same, same goes for yeah. a lot of the players on this list.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: yeah. He's 100%. getting 10 hugged. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, in that respect, okay. I know, I know. Don't yell at me, Jen. But I want to go straight to. I want to go straight to the coaching. Then who? Who do we? Ooh, who do we uh, give the advantage to between Poch and Ten Hag? Wow.
0: Former Tottenham manager versus Eric Ten Hag. Um, I'm gonna for no with no stats, uh-huh. no nothing. I'm simply gonna say only this season. Only this season. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go with Mauricio Pochettino, and the reason being is. There's, there, the main difference, if we're going to talk about this season, is Eric Ten Hag walked into a bit of a squad that had a mini. You know, I would say the ratio of crisis to comfortability mm-hmm. is swapped as to where they started, and it's also swapped as to where they are now. I think Chelsea has started to settle. Chelsea has started to find their feet. They started to figure out what kind of club they are. And even when they mess up, it's not the, whoa, it's happening again versus Eric Hag, Right now, there are reports that he's lost a locker room or at least a portion of the locker room. He's being asked about it, which feels like at this point, the hot seat they're, has started.
4: They're leaving media out of the press conference. It feels like Manchester United has very little wiggle room, sporting-wise and then in public opinion-wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any moment they misstep... It seems like the house is on fire yeah. once again. And Chelsea, because they're only fighting on one front, or their most important front is, is, is Premier League. is domestic football, really. They have a whole season to write this shit. And Pochettino knows what this game is like. Mm-hmm. He's been here before with Spurs. He knows how to talk. I feel like Ten Hug, they're asking him very difficult questions, twisting his arm, or he's twisting his own arm sometimes, and, and he hasn't handled all the situations n- not closed doors, but also towards the media. So Manchester United has been under much more scrutiny than Chelsea has, although, to be frank, Chelsea, who sits lower than Manchester United, 10th isn't good enough, but there's more wiggle room for Poch to get it right.
2: Mm-hmm. Darian, Potch. from a player's perspective, do you believe that Ten Hag has the locker room right now? Do you believe that the players right now believe in him as their
3: manager? I think we're seeing... Right now in this moment, they don't. I think this has been a result of, I mean, do you disagree? No. I think this has been a result of everything going on and then the public opinion. You're not getting the results that Mm -hmm. you want. And we've kind of gotten to this phase where you almost expect games to not go well. You expect big Mm. mistakes to happen. So being a player and going into matches like, dang, I wonder which one of us is gonna let something go today or, or not, I, we don't know. Like, we don't have confidence in each other. You don't have confidence in your manager and if the manager can't get that right and set the tone, what are you gonna do? So when you're in that whirlwind, in mm-hmm. the locker room, how do you navigate that as a
2: player? How do you kind of quiet that, that outside noise and, and everything that's being said and what's going on and just kind of focus on the game? Because I have to imagine, that's, that's there. Yeah. It exists,
3: it's, you can't really escape it. So how do you go about dealing with it as a player? I don't know, lean into your teammates, mm-hmm. try to buy into each other, control the controllables. A lot of it is just outside noise That I mean, it's a, it's a very forward facing job. You're hearing your manager make comments, uh, everyone's talking about you constantly, your results aren't adding up, so I think the only way is to lean into each other, focus on what you can control yeah, try, uh, try to be positive. Like but then there, if the results
2: aren't going your way. It's just, yeah, you know, it it, it just almost feels like it it, it piles on. Let, I want to ask this question too because Manchester United are coming off that one nil loss to to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. How detrimental would a loss to Chelsea at home at Old Trafford be today?
4: Uh, wow. Every loss is detrimental. Every it, it worsens the crisis. It worsens the doubts. Yeah. United needs to start winning. United needs to start winning, and maybe not even convincingly. Like I at this point, I don't think they care.
3: Yeah, I it's agree just it no matter
0: how ugly, yeah. uh, what the circumstances are, get three points on the board, especially at home. You know what you don't want to do is is have the fan base turn on you at home. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. when things get ugly, and it's just unavoidable. It started what the earlier this
2: season. They had yeah. a string of losses at Old Trafford, and so I just I'm I'm wondering with a team like mm-hmm. Chelsea, who they you know they want to beat Chelsea, they want to take this team down, but it's just. I'm wondering if this is if this is one of those games that they look back at in terms of like Ten Hag's future and if things start to go really pear-shaped. I don't know. The
4: the the Winter Gauntlet the, is going to be very big for them because odds say that they will be eliminated from Champions League, right? And if you go the Premier League form, save that Newcastle loss just now. Mm-hmm. It's not that, not that bad, it's not horrendous, no. but you sprinkle in Champions League losses or bad results in, in international football here and there. Mm-hmm. Then you get eliminated in a week's time. It's it looks horrible. It is horrible it, it for a, a, a team yeah. like Manchester United. It definitely Each one of these does. These mistakes
0: feels bigger and much worse. Every loss feels much much worse. Right. Because it's just continuing mm-hmm. to happen. And it's funny, if they do get knocked out of Champions League, there's a chance that they don't even make it into Europa because right. the bottom mm-hmm. of their group.
4: No, they they, they won't. Yeah, they they won't. won't. If they if they lose to Bayern Munich and the, one of the other teams wins which they're if, out, they, they, they they're, they're in fourth place. Off the top of my head, by the way. Now that you did the Ten Hug Comparison. I'm pretty sure the last time that they faced each other was in that Champions League semi final where Lucas Moda turned the game around against Ajax. Oh wow. I believe that was the last time they faced each other. Wow. Yeah.
2: Interesting. So. I completely derailed this segment, by the way. It's okay. We had we a had great chat. We had a great chat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very tough segment. What do you job, do on, uh, on
0: the You're on the all the way show. that way, Seuss. <laughs> on the in positive, it's down here. <laughs> the hey, that's Susan- what a great Susan-meter. post does, Suze. Thanks, Thanks
2: yeah. guys. We pivot. Um, all right, we're going to take another break. Uh, when we come back, we are chatting a big match in the DFB Pokal coming up.